that battle. New Brunswick is a place that they call a have-not province. It's true, we don't have a lot, but we've got fish and we've got forests. We've got some of the greatest people in the entire earth. But if we step back to those two resources, we know that resources are not unlimited. They've got to be managed and they must be maintained. I can remember stories of our grandfathers taking winters in work camps to log trees. They would take that time and while the ground was hard, they'd be able to navigate different areas and they would cut trees and they would be logged out with horses, brought to rivers, into places of industry and sawmills. Our own Nashwalk River right here was used to boom logs to a local sawmill. That's where Alexander Gibson really got his start. It wasn't cotton at all. It was wood. It was wood that he had uh, forested off of his own property and crown land. And, and our little community grew up with the help of the forest industry right here in Marysville. At times, Alexander Gibson's production would account for more than half of the goods that were exported annually, not from Fredericton, but actually from the port in the big city of St. John. It was that great start that got us this place that we all live in today. But we know that the issue with logging and forestry is that we can cut and consume trees faster than we can grow them. And so in that context, we are forced to think beyond the present and into the responsibility that we have to future generations. We can't just consider ourselves, but we have to consider what we are growing for the future. I'm talking still in the natural realm here. But if we shifted toward the supernatural realm, as I personally get ready to turn the calendar page in October, it's a big year for me. Turning the big 5-0. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't still have it. I'm becoming, however, in my personal life, I'm becoming less interested in my personal accomplishments. And I'm becoming far more interested in the investment that we are making to ensure the spiritual success of future. Against this current backdrop of society, the fabric is fraying. Spiritual landscape is changing. The moral impact of a wayward world is now attempting to apply tremendous pressure on the church to conform. We sense it in every single service. Our responsibility to the spiritual success of people's future is great. We can't afford to go behind. And while it's common for some communities to see the doors of churches shut and the windows shuttered, aren't you grateful this morning that that isn't CCC's story? And it's all right to talk a little bit about us this morning, not trying to be arrogant, but the dust around here isn't the dust of a fading past. It's, it's about the investment that's being made into tomorrow. You came through the foyer. You thought we were finished construction for a little while. Surprise. Or not surprise. It took me five minutes to get the dust off my shoes this morning. 
The dust isn't of a fading past. It's about the investment that's being made into tomorrow. I feel this morning the hope of great growth and revival here in the room today. I don't sense a hunker in the bunker mentality. I, I don't sense the idea that we're just holding on until Jesus comes. I, I get the sense that we are moving forward as fast as we can into the purpose that God has designed for us in this day. That God has a plan in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And all we are is a funnel for someone to realize that's someplace where God can pour his spirit out in my life. That's someplace where God is going to do a miraculous work in my heart that's where my family can get the direction that it needs I want to be part of a church like that there's great growth and revival going on in the room today there there's an undercurrent of promise there is a stirring of the water that's happening right now the miraculous is no longer a myth the reality of a last day's revival is a, is a door that's swinging wide open right before our eyes can I just remind somebody today that there are world changers under the sound of my voice right now there are history makers that are showing up and sitting in these seats right here in this room today there is a wind that that's blowing there is an ember that's glowing there is a fire that's burning I'm talking about end time apostolic promise that's coming into reality in our lifetime we don't have to wait for it we get to walk in it we don't have to wait for it we get to experience it we don't have to wait for it we can lift our hands in the presence of God in this place this morning and know that his power is at work in this room right now John the Baptist said it. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God doesn't intend for this just to be a, a single, simple experience. God intends for this to be something that's kindled in your life. God intends for this supernatural experience to be something that's lit. And when it's lit in your spirit, it's not something that's going to go out. He said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We've got the Holy Ghost part, but sometimes I think we might just have to step back and say, God, am I on fire right now? Am I called? Am I walking into the calling that you prepared for me right now? Set me on fire this morning. Set me on fire. From the opening days of creation, God gave us this promise that decrease was not part of a divine plan. He's not even just the God of addition. He's the God of multiplication. He's the God of great growth. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of filled to overflowing. He's the God that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we didn't just kind of start out in some backfield somewhere. This church started out right down at the Nashwalk River. There's something about that river flowing by that mirrored what God wanted to do in the supernatural. Those waters flow all into the, the Bay of Fundy. That's the, you can get anywhere in the world from here. You may have to start with a kayak. But you can get right down through reversing falls if it's the right time. 
If it's the wrong time, you might have a little mess on your hands. But God intends for this church to impact not just a local community. God intends not just for you. Let, let's, let's, let's make it personal. God intends for your life to impact something broader than just your little home in this hamlet. God intends for your life to impact our neighborhood and our community and our city. Let's, let's take a little wider. He intends for us to impact our province and our nation. Can we just go as far as to say God intends for your life to impact the world? Somebody this morning heard your praise from where you were in this place. And they could be anywhere in the world right now. It's incredible. We, we kind of get a little update every, every now and then from Pastor Matt. And he said, it's taking off in India again. What? That, that sometimes we'll just have these spikes of viewers that, that, that come from India. That come from different parts of the world. That Who would have ever thought? That Marysville would impact Calcutta. Who would have ever thought that Marysville would impact far-flung regions of the world from here? Who would have ever thought that? But yet God said, you know what? Let's be a part of what's happening around the world. God said, yeah, I'm just going to let your footprint go a little further than you ever intended on it going. And what you're, what you're doing here in this room this morning is impacting far greater than you ever could have imagined. God is that kind of God. But God intends for the growth, not just that we have got to stay that way. He intends for us to continue growing. How do we do that? I'd like to just take a, a moment and direct your attention to a small little hamlet about an hour to the northwest of us in Carlton County. It boasts itself to be home to around 400 people. Juniper, New Brunswick. <laughs> Somebody say yes. <laughs> We've got a wonderful pastor in a church there, and, and I visited this rural spot during my time at NCC 30 years ago. Tiny as it may be, this small spot has an impact that is felt far beyond the borders of its community. It's in this often overlooked place that J.D. Irving Limited has an active tree growing pop program that has been in, at work since 1957. Now listen, I know you're starting to tune out because we stopped hollering and jumping and shouting, but we're still fighting. The Juniper Tree Nursery produces approximately, someone say this with me, 25.5 million high quality seedlings and rooted cutlings every year for transplanting, every year. 25.5 million. That, that means since its, since its origin, they have planted more than 500 million seedlings to grow. 500 million. Half a billion trees in a community that only has 400 people. That's some intentional focus on future growth. The nursery is a community highlight and it owns the bragging rights that it supplies trees to reforest our province and beyond. And, 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 and I just kind of, as I began to think about that and, and looked it up, I watched a YouTube clip about workers that work there and how they say, well, every year it's the same. We get really excited about, about the planting and the reforesting that happens in the summertime because, because we know that when logging trucks take the trees out, we've got to be able to replenish the forest with those trees. 
and their focus on the future is very intentional. Can, can I just remind us that we can't be, dismiss our responsibility to the future that we have? That this service impacts the future today. What happened here? I know we celebrated it for a moment, but what happened in our lower auditorium on Wednesday night and Thursday night and Friday night was an incredible opportunity to impact our future. I thank God for, for children's ministry coordinators that, that took the time to, to invest in the future generation. Why? Because I'll tell you what we're doing. We're, we're just ensuring that the future, that seedling is planted in soil that allows it to grow the way that God intended for it to grow. If that nursery is a highlight of that community, then I think that maybe we could allow ourselves to be proud about our, our children's ministry department. I, I think that we need to be proud about what's happening in our youth ministries department. I think we need to talk about it just for a few minutes. I'm grateful that it's not just us gray-haired people in the room when it comes to service time. I'm thankful that we got someone that can still do a hop, skip, and a jump around this room. But that only happens with intentional focus on growth. Something has to be born again. And our world is still full of Nicodemus who marvel when we say you must be born again. But that doesn't change the fact. But the reality is, is that birth opportunity happens so much easier in an environment that's created for that purpose. I'll just remind us. We've been held back a little bit. I'm so thankful for what happened in this room this morning. That this altar opened up. Because this altar isn't just carpet and wood. This altar is a nursery. This is a place where God plants something in somebody's spirit. And it begins to grow. This is a nursery right here. If they can be proud in Juniper about what's happened. We can be proud today and say God would you plant something in somebody's life that will carry on down through generation that will impact families and impact futures God would you let that happen right here in our church today maybe you didn't notice when you drove onto the property of CCC this morning it's just part of the common backdrop we got a little video and I'll just remind you but but if you look closely the the perimeter of the property here at CCC is hedged about with massive pine trees that have weathered the storms some locals just tag this area. They just call it the pines. You can see huge trees. Actually, if you look close, there's a little deer right here this morning. Massive trees that have <clears throat> weathered the storms of time and, and they impose themselves on the skyline of our community. They shade the Nashwalk River and they fill and block the gutters of houses with pine needles. They make people so happy about that. These trees are huge and they're strong, they're stable and they're steadfast, but they've only lasted this long because of the growth that's gone on beneath the surface. And if I could, amidst the celebration of what God is doing and what God will do and how God is moving and what God is working, can I encourage us all this morning to be reminded that this only happens if we put roots down in the soil that God has planted us in. Because, well, don't let me get ahead of myself. Your private life will be the strength that sustains your public life. There's a tremendous job description that's outlined in Isaiah chapter 61. 
Isaiah 61 and verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord, one, someone say number one, anointed me to preach good news to the poor. We preach today, not just for people that know the message, but we preach a good news to people that don't know this message yet. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. There's two. Three, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Number four, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Five, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Six, to comfort all that mourn. Seven, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Eight, to give them, those people that are in mourning, to give them beauty for ashes. Nine, the oil of joy for mourning. Ten, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We have a commission that is explicitly outlined complete with a ten-point to-do list. And that sounds overwhelming at times. And, and sometimes the responsibility that we sense about people that are in those places in their lives, people that are broken, people that are brokenhearted, people that are broken financially, people that are broken emotionally, people that are broken spiritually. God commissions the church to be the one that walks in and says, anointing is here and the power of God is able to turn that around in your life and if we're just operating off of our ability if we're just exercising by our own personal strength then we'll never get the job done but can I remind us that God has anointed us and if God's anointed us and appointed us then we've got the power to be what God has called us to be so in the midst of a 10 point to-do list you can sense the, the responsibility, but you only have to be one thing. If you were to read on this in the scripture, it says that they might be, someone say be, called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I, I just came to remind us today that, that God's got this great opportunity and this plan for us to do great things in our world, but we only have to be one thing. We only have to be planted. The Bible says planted with him in the likeness of his death so we can rise to walk in power and purpose, that, that we can be planted by God to accomplish the purpose that God has for us. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Right here, look. And he shall be, someone say be, be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We shall be like those trees. If God plants us here, if God plants purpose in our life, then he has anointed us to accomplish all of that responsibility that he has given us. We can come back to the music this morning. I know that many of us have missed out on much over the last 16 months. I hate the restrictions. I hate the uncertainty of changing regulations. I despise the results of COVID-19 disease. I try to understand the bigger reason for legislated limitations and border blockages and service shutdowns. And we won't get into it all. And we have sat with our team to calculate the spiritual cost on souls in the kingdom that haven't made it back yet. 
but somewhere in the midst of what we feel like we've missed out on, could it be that God has investing in us? Could it be that what we sense to be so alarming and disarming is actually God at work in the nursery of our soul? Could it be that before the greatest revival that our world has ever seen, God needed us to grow down before he could allow us to grow up? It's a precarious time that we're living in. Unprecedented activity in our environments. Everyone is talking about global warming. But I never hear the discussion about spiritual cooling. And it seems like the storms of uncertainty no longer come at us with the prevailing wind pattern. And the sideline of spiritual attack can get us off track quickly. But God has us here for a greater reason of revival. absence of normal, if there was ever a time when we need to be certain that we are rooted, it's in 2021. And if you're careful and you think back with me, if you've been in the past few services, God has challenged us. He has challenged us about prayer. We've, we've never ended the diatribe about the word becoming the anchor in our soul. We all know we need it. But yet God reminds us over and over again, why do you try and do this without it? And church becomes a priority and we are grateful for that. But the word becomes a part of the root system in our life that needs to grow more than between 10 and 11.30 on Sunday or midweek Wednesday night powerhouse packed teaching with pastor or Sunday school classes or youth events or it has to become more than that it becomes rooted rooted means that that we become people of God planted when I read that that, that he shall be like a tree planted not just a tree that sprung up or a tree that grows but planted God planted you in 2021 God planted you but God Jesus himself he he looked for for figs on the fig tree and when he couldn't find it he said cursed it the roots bear the fruits the roots that we push down into the soil of our lives the thing that God uses to grow his purpose, his plan and revival through his church just tap your name and say we need roots it happens it's, it's, it's painful in John 12 24 it says except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die 
We don't like dying. We don't like the ground. We don't like, come on, give us the beautiful foliage of the tree. Who wants to get dirty in the roots? But God says that's where it all happens. If it goes into the ground and dies, it abideth alone. Listen, but if it die, if it die, if, if the work that begins isn't the work that's on the surface, it's not the thing that everybody else is going to see. It's something that happens in a very personal, private place with God, in that place where God allows you to die, in that place where God allows you, you to see your vision, your idea, your plan, your will, your purpose, die in that place, in that place of pain, and in that place of hurt, in that place of rejection, in that place where God can only do His work, in that place, if you die, you bring forth much fruit. We forget that because sometimes we just see the surface, but we don't know what happened beneath the soil of somebody's life. We don't know what happened where, where God pushed somebody deep into a dark place and they had to die. And now you see the fruit of their lives, but you don't know how they got there. God only knows what they walked through. God only knows the storm that came their way, but they just said, oh, bring the storm on. I'm going to turn the rain into opportunity to feed the root structure because God is going to bring fruit in my life. God's going to bring fruit in my experience. God's going to bring about fruit in my church. God is going to use me in the kingdom. I need God to bring fruit. So I need God to allow roots to happen in my life. If it die, it bringeth forth much fruits. Roots, those things, they, they grow adaptively to provide nutrition and structural stability against gravity and winds. Soil structures can vary depending on the availability of water, wind, and soil conditions. But without a doubt, God planted you where you are. He didn't leave you there without sustenance. He said, here is your opportunity to grow. Let your roots take hold in the soil that I placed you in. So this morning, I, I'm skipping through my notes a little bit, but I'm going to I'm just asking you to be intentional about inventory in your life for a moment this morning. There are going to be some seasons where you need to dig some things up in your spirit. The scripture talked about it. He said that there was a man that there was a, a fig tree in his vineyard and he came to get the fruit, but there was no fruit on it. He said, why is it cumbering the ground? And he answered, he said, Lord, let it alone this year. Let's dig about it and, and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, but if not, then after that, we shall cut it down. I'm asking us this morning, do we, do we even ask ourselves that question, God, am I being fruitful in my life right now? There's a reason he called it the fruit of the Spirit. Because the Spirit brings about fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance. Fruit. Growth strength could I just remind us all that we need to let the fruit of the spirit be released in our lives and our everyday activities could I, could I remind us all that, that somebody is watching every move that you make how you treat the teller at the bank after you've waited in line for two hours How you respond 
How you respond is your responsibility to show the fruit that God has placed in you. Oh, that's too common. That's just, just let's get back into the deep spiritual warfare fighting, Pastor Jack. That is, that is. <laughs> I'm trying to straighten things out so I can ease the awkwardness. fruit of the spirit need to be at work in our life because if we're rooted in God then his spiritual fruit is going to grow in our lives so it may be that as we take inventory in our lives that we start digging around and we realize God that that isn't proper something's out of order we we've got to find we don't have to look hard some of the finest fertilizer that you'll ever find is released here in this church from any of the ministers that take this pulpit some of the finest growth opportunity is present in this room in every service but we have to be intentional maybe tap your neighbor one more time say I'm not going to miss Wednesday night (laughs) oh no we don't need application Jack just preach the word prayer 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 more than the 21 day Daniel fast in January and the the prayer the prayer that becomes life source the prayer that becomes the lifeline the prayer the prayer that becomes sustenance for the roots of your spirit prayer pastor and I went to visit the biggers last night and it was inevitable during the conversation prayer came up he said you know we take time and we have our devotions right here here's a couple facing incredible odds and live their lives in the kingdom taking time to bow at their bedside and pray together tell you what's happening strengthening the roots the body diminishing but the spirit strengthening you can feel the power of God in that room when we began to pray last night why because roots the strength of God the power of God if you could stand together with me. It's those roots that are fostered in the greenhouses that determines the fruit that grows in our life. I wouldn't shout right now because it's not the right environment, but what are we feeding what are we feeding this, the, the roots of our spiritual man? In our limited spare time that we all say we have so little of, what are we funneling into the spirit that God has designed to bring end time revival in our day? What, what is that? And then I'd say, God, can we ensure, can we make sure that it's something 
that's going to bring about the right fruit. I remember, you know, I don't know, how, I'm just, just a simple guy. I had garbage in, garbage out. But it's the roots that determine the fruit that, that comes in your life. It's, it's not about how good you look on the surface because that is all going to change when the storm comes our way. It's about the roots that will ground your life against the attack of the enemy. It's about, it's about the fact that out of almost 8 million people in the world, God has pruned us and planted us in this day and in this age for a great purpose. And here we are at 20 after 11. But resident in your spiritual DNA is the ability to defeat the enemy. Resident in your spiritual branch is the power to overcome sin. Resident in your life is the power to become what God is calling you to be. Don't, don't mistake it. It's not, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. I wonder if we could just bow our heads together for a moment. It's a solemn assembly right now. It's a challenge that comes, but... If a little greenhouse in Juniper, New Brunswick could plant 500 million trees, what could God do through an empowered, anointed apostolic church in 2021 today? I'll remind you, God has anointed you. Come on, he's anointed you this morning. I was by myself in the office. I grabbed the oil. I let a little vial oil. I dumped it out on my finger and plastered it across my forehead. I plastered it across my iPad. I said, God, would you anoint us this morning? God, would you anoint this church? Would you anoint these people? Because you have commissioned us. You've called us. You've separated us. You're, you're pushing us into promise. God, would you anoint us? The Bible says, he hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. God wants to do that in this room this morning. It's already begun. I'll go back to where we were when we first started talking before we started the sermon this morning. I just want to remind somebody right now that God is here to bind up the brokenhearted. God is here to preach good tidings to the meek. He's here to proclaim liberty to somebody that's captive right now in your spirit. You didn't know that liberty was your opportunity. But right now, under the anointing of the word of God, we are declaring freedom in the room today. We are declaring somebody has the right to walk out of stocks and bonds in your spirit. Somebody has the right to say, I'm getting up and I'm getting out. You can't hold me here any longer. I'm stepping into the promise that God has declared for me. I'm ready to fight for my family. I'm ready to fight for the future. I'm planting myself in the soil that God has prepared me for. And I'm going about the purpose and plan that God has for my life. I am anointed I'm rooted in God Jesus come on I'm going to make an altar call in just a moment we've got time but Jesus would you open somebody's eyes this morning God I'm praying that you would release someone in their spirit right now that bondage that was so certain is falling off it doesn't matter what the sin was your grace is greater today God your blood is sufficient this morning your power is present to heal today 
God, we're going to claim the promise of baptism in just in a, a moment, but, but God, your promise is for more than just one this morning. It's for everyone that's in the room. God, I pray that that power of deliverance that rushed into this room would, God, just begin to flow freely. We invite you. We welcome you. We, God, we encourage you to work in our midst this morning. Spirit of God, move today. I'm wondering if there's anyone that would make the commitment in your life that you are going to allow God to root you in the purpose that he has for you. I wonder if you would just come. We just make our socially distant selves, find ourselves right here. And I wonder if someone would just say, God, I'm coming this morning because I want to be rooted. I need to be rooted. We're going to have a baptism in a minute, so we've got, we've got time for this. But I wish someone would just say, God, root me deep this morning grow something in my spirit I I feel that anointing resting in the room there's anointing here to transform lives there's anointing here salvation is in the room this morning come on strength is in the room for the weary comfort's in the room for someone that's in mourning right now come on there's beauty for ashes of the oil of joy for mourning. There's a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There, there's someone in the room right now that you just kind of need to break out in praise for a minute because that is loosening the heaviness in somebody's spirit. If you don't need what, what we talked about this morning because you got it together today. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I'm saying you got it together. I, I wonder if you just lift your hands and begin to pray that God would allow his presence to transform lives and transform hearts, transform families. We're going to sing, but I'm just encouraging. I, I think there's just a few more in the room today. I'm not looking at any one person. I haven't singled anybody out, but I think someone just needs to get up from where you are and, and get yourself in an aisle and begin to say, God, in my life this morning, I need transformation in my life this morning. I need your anointing in my life this morning. I feel it flowing already. It's... Come on, it's power to walk right. It's power to talk right. It's power to live right. It's, it's power. It's overcoming power. It's anointed power. It's authority. It's strength. Come on, it's your right as a child of God to claim those promises this morning.